1: Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Deney. This is Gas Boyet.
2: This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham
3: Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and we'll bring you joy. Welcome back to the big interview with Graham Hunter and today's guest Emiliano Martinez, born in Argentina, made famous by Arsenal. This is a guy whose overnight success has been 10 years in the making. Ten years full of confusion, determination, some heartbreak, a lone spell at Reading, a Lone spell at Getafe, Arsenal didn't know the gem that they had. Signed as a teenager, he did a massive favour for his club, Independiente, in moving to Arsenal. But the story of the circumstances in which he grew up, um, the pretty extreme poverty which has helped shape him as a character but has also bonded his extraordinary family together. That's worth listening to. He gave that emotional interview, didn't he, after winning the FA Cup, and I guess that made people more interested in him. We were already negotiating to get Emiliano on the big interview. When he did come on, it was from a very appealing-looking holiday um, in Portugal. There's a little bit of background noise, but it all adds to the character. In this interview, we're going to find out where those tears came from, what inspired them. Emiliano also breaks down brilliantly, in my view, the importance of modern sports psychology, using terms I hadn't heard before, but defining really clearly how it is that when his opportunity came to him these last few months, he took it so brilliantly. Part two is coming soon, but for now, may I introduce on the big interview, the mighty Emiliano Martinez. Emiliano Martinez, welcome to the big interview. It's good to have you on as a guest. Normally, we, we like to talk about things that make our guests, their chests swell out or make them smile. But Emiliano, let's start with tears because you know Britain well enough by now that we love people who fight. We do love winners, but if winners show their emotional side as well then you're an honorary Brit for the rest of your life. Probably you're going to get a House of Lords entry. You're going to be uh, Lord Martin. So tell us where the tears came from and why they came.
1: Obviously, uh, I went through a lot through the youth. And obviously, when I left my hometown in Argentina, I was really young when I left my house, uh, my home at the age of 12. Uh, obviously, for a better life and for a dream. It was to play in Independiente, my club in Argentina. Um, and at the age of 12, I started living on my home in Buenos Aires. And, uh, it, was like a, it was like a hotel full of players from different parts of Argentina. Um, obviously, now my best friend is from there. But At the time, it was, it was difficult to leave my brother and to leave my mom and dad. Um, and at the age of 17, uh, 16, I was playing a tournament for Argentina under 17. And Arsenal obviously contact my club, and they wanted me to do a trial for one week. Not a trial, it was. It's just a confirmation that to, for Benga to say yes. And Jerry Payton, who was a goalkeeper coach Arsenal all the time. And and when I came back to Argentina, I wasn't really sure that uh, I said to my agent, I don't really want to leave Argentina. I was too young. Uh, I was a teenager. Uh, honestly, my mum and dad, uh, my, no, my mom and my brother." In the office of the chairman of Independiente, I said, oh, "Look, we, we we want to sell you because we need to finish the stadium." Um, and my mom, my mom, and my brother started crying so "Like my brother was two years older than me," says, "Please don't go. Uh, you're too young. You're gonna make it here in Independiente." And so, financially, my my dad was struggling. Um, and I left, and obviously, after ten years of fighting and going on loan and not having the opportunity in the club that I love, and the club that I really wanted to succeed uh, to success, um, like I was, at some point I was like, I'm not gonna make it here. Uh, and when I did, and I had a chance after ten years, I took it. Those twelve or eleven games I played under Ateta um, in the Prem, and I won the FA Cup. It was like. It was emotional. It was it was a dream come true. Actually, my dream was to to be Arsenal number one and Argentinian number one, and that's why I said to my dad when I signed for Arsenal. Um, I was later done an interview straight after the game, and I remember my old, all, all all the fight I done those ten years and those those tears because I just, there was emotional tears uh, after the game. I I had some tears before because I, I wasn't I didn't have my chance in the club. But when I spoke with Chesney, um, he said, Oh, congratulations! I knew you're gonna make it, and um, it was a nice message that he sent me. Um, and I said to him, Look, everyone had a chance in the club, you had a chance, Fabianski had the chance, and Munia, even Manoni had 15 games. Arsenal, uh, so no, I never had it. I said, we, we, we came from the youth, and everyone had a chance apart from me, so that's why it took me 10 years to finally have a chance, and I took it, and that's why I was emotional.
3: It's a beautiful thing, emotion. I mean that now, no joking. When great sportsmen and women are dedicated and they're skillful and they show the world their heart, I think it's a beautiful thing. And what people outside uh, your circle didn't know is that by moving, you helped pay for the Libertadores de America, you helped pay for the Stadium of Independiente.
1: I dedicate my whole life for Arsenal, basically. From 16, 17 to 27, 28. I dedicate choose for Arsenal. Always always my heart, world was for Arsenal. So that's why it was emotional. I love this club and I want to I want to win a lot of things for Arsenal. Uh, and obviously now when I get back that's that's my first priority, play as many games as I can to win more things for Arsenal. And I know that I can win more things with Alteta.
3: But let's stop for a second, because the interview on the pitch after winning the trophy was one thing. But I have to believe that the first moment that you can turn to your wife and pass her an FA Cup medal needs to be a beautiful moment in your life. I'd love to know also, did you do a Zoom call with all the family back home in Argentina and just showing them this little addition to the family?
1: Yeah, you know, um, it's a picture of me talking with my, uh, with my family on at Wembley, uh, Wembley uh, after the game. It was I called my, my wife called me in the dressing room. Honestly, it was very noisy. And she said, oh, please call your dad and, you, and, you, and your brother and your mom. That They all crying like, like, your dad cannot talk. He's crying so much. And I said, OK, I go outside because in the dressing room it was really noisy. And obviously when I called them, they were all crying and they were crying so much. I obviously had some tears as well after the game because the way they were crying. Uh, it was a really nice moment, to be honest. It's a moment that I will never forget.
3: In the game itself, was there any problem about crowding out not emotion but concentration or, or on the day never mind the game in the day you, nothing got in the way nothing
1: because I knew exactly what I wanted and obviously I work on psychologies as well on red and blue mind and obviously uh, before the game it was the game at four o'clock and we had three circles with the psychologies of the club at one o'clock the day of the game and an hour and a half and a half the day before, choose me and psychology to make sure I leave the red, uh, the red zone out of the game and concentrate on the blue side. It, is, it was winning the game, help the team to win, distribution, concentration, crosses, and obviously through games, you the red zone goes on you on you like national team. We're losing the game. Uh, the FA Cup is going away, and it, it, it goes with you. But the the I think the the best sportsmen, they they, they transform or they they, they they switch on quickly to the blue zone. And if you see our mentality of Arsenal, when we concede the goal, we we stray, start playing better, we stray. And we they, I did not have to do a save, I think, after the, the goal. Maybe one more save. Um, but the whole game, I was on blue zone. Uh, comfort, and the second half, it was I, I did not enjoy one moment because I was already focused, uh, with, even with down to 10 men, I, I knew Oli Giroud is one of the best header inside the box in the league. So you see I take three, four crosses in the second half. The distribution was good and um, it's something that really worked in my game, the mental side.
3: You can tell by looking at me, it's too late for me to win an FA Cup medal, but it's never too late to learn. So. I'm a reasonably educated guy and I did Neil was nodding in the background there. I didn't know about blue zone, red zone. Do I interpret it correctly? That the red zone is the is the, the negative optimal, side. Negative because you're flashing onto things that don't matter? Because if you're thinking about the selection that's not negative in itself but it's negative in the moment because it can distract you from your performance. Is that fair? Is that right?
1: It distracts you from the game because you cannot think about new contract, you cannot think about national team, you cannot think another club, you cannot think the next game if you're not concentrating in the crosses or in, in, in the short from outside the box or in the distribution. You need to concentrate on the moment and that's something I learned over the years and I'm glad because before, when I was younger, I thought oh, psychology is just for crazy people. And it's wrong. Psychology is to help you concentrate and mature on the pitch, off the pitch as well. And uh, it's, it's something that I wish I'd done a long time ago. But I do it now. And when I do it, I feel, mate, uh, I'm, I'm ready to do everything in every moment. And then just focus in the game. And it's like when, it, when I concede the goal here in Chelsea, it goes through the head oh, we're losing FA Cup medal, trophy, but then I quickly switch and say, okay, we're going to do it. Uh, concentrate on the next ball. Make, make sure you don't concede again. And, and that's something really good and really clever to work on as well.
3: I'm here to tell you about another podcast. Yes, we believe in biodiversity. It's from the makers of The Big Interview and it's called Between the Lines, the stories behind great sports writing. Every episode takes a classic sports book or outstanding piece of sports writing, and examines how the writer crafted their story. This is a weekly show, and the series so far has featured documentaries on the miracle of Castel di Sangro, and Andrea Perlo's autobiography, I Think, Therefore I Play. There's also interviews with writers like Henry Winter, Simon Cooper, Andy Mitten, and David Goldblatt. This is Tim Parks on his classic tome, A Season with Verona.
0: The Bishop of Verona invited the citizens of Verona to burn the book because I'd put all the blasphemies in it. So that was obviously good for sales. You know, I I was very, very pleased about that. I wish they'd done it. It would have been a happy memory. On the curva, I would go to games. There would be loads of kids coming up to me saying, you know, I've never read a book before, but I really enjoyed this. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: Is it a little bit like you, you listen to top tennis players, top golf players, talking about muscle memory? You can make the mind a muscle and, and remind it that it must contract and do the right things if something goes against you or if a difficult thought comes in, your mind can punch it away because your memory is not now. That's the wrong thought.
1: Yeah, the, the, mind, the mind controls your body. Uh, I, got, I have friends in Argentina that they, they, they play like Messi, but the mental side it took them to an, an, another path. And and I I learn over the years because I came from poor family. I came from from and now everything oh, you rich and now you got everything and I, and it's easy and it's not and it's it's so hard to to be at the top. Obviously now you think oh, you won the FA Cup, you won this, you su- you're a successful guy even if you retire now. And I said no, because my game I want to win World Cups, I want to win the league, I want to win Europa League, I want to uh, and that's something that to work because you, if you relax, if you Benga used to say. Uh, players that get into the comfort zone, they're not good enough. They have, we have to get rid of them. And it's true because people's players sometimes say, oh, we won, it's okay now, next season, easy. That's when you get players in comfort zone and they, it doesn't work like that. You always have to win more and win more and won more.
3: The, the credit goes to you and the credit goes to your psychologist, sports psychologist. But if you go way back, to whom do you owe a thank you for persuading you that sports psychology wasn't for somebody who's crazy. Sports psychology was like giving you an extra piece of power in your armory. Who convinced you to give it a try, to to start to believe?
1: Myself. Uh, And and obviously, um, as well, a little bit, obviously, this is very internal, but I'm going to tell you to, uh, I beat my mum. Because obviously, she was divorced from my dad. And she was a bit low and she was a bit down. And, and I offered her to go to psychology because she was a bit low. And she said, oh, psychology for for crazy people, like I'm saying. Blah, blah, blah. And I went once with her to help her to obviously to have a new life, a better life. And from there, kind of like, obviously, and then Arsenal appoint uh, David, which is psychology of the club. Uh, and he, he came, please come to me, come to my office, I will help you when you're not playing. And I thought like, okay, i have a, a try. It was uh, probably three, four years ago. And I was like, wow, this guy is actually good. You know, I've never thought, okay, I'm going to do exercise for mental brain. I said exercise for brain. I was like, I'm not crazy. And actually over the years when I start playing, when I start doing exercise, it's, it's, uh, it's a muscle. And when you do upper body, you walk on your arms and your biceps, and say, oh, it feels good afterwards. Well, it, this is the same, same thing. The, the day before the game in the final, I worked an, an hour probably or 45 minutes, and I thought, wow, um, I'm confident, I'm ready, I wanna play. And maybe before, you say, like, oh, maybe, oh, imagine if I don't play well in the final, what people will say. That's what people, that's what, but top professional hides that, they hide it. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I like to tell the people the truth. Like, war well, are really professional fields. They probably, obviously not the words, but they probably get scared. They go, everyone go to the toilet five times before the game. But no one, no one likes to say that. But if you confidence on your, on your game,
3: you can perform. Has it changed you? Learning these things, has it changed you also as a man? Does it, do, did it give you things that you can bring into patience or determination in daily life?
1: No, not really. Not really. Because I always have determination. I always have a hunger. Had... It's something that is my strength, is how much I want to win things, how much I want this in my life, how much I, uh, I don't know, I like a, a game, a Call of Duty, and I play until I'm, uh, I die. I love my wife, I'm a kid, and I will love them forever. You know, it's, it's something that I don't change often and I wanted to be Arsenal number one and I say when I was 19, 18. I, I, when I go on purpose, uh, I don't stop doing it. That's, that's me. But in between, I, I'm doing exercise, I'm doing the same thing that I'm doing power in the gym to make me a better goalkeeper. Now I'm doing this exercise last few years in, in your brain and it helps me to, to be even better.
3: Do you think you've changed the life of your mom and your dad by showing them that all the time that they worried about you when you said, no, I'm determined, it's fine, don't worry about me, leave me, I'm a grown-up now. And now, I guess they always trusted you, but now they see you with millions of audience playing really well, playing really well for weeks, and a medal. Do you think you've changed their lives by what you've done?
1: No, not really, because... We we all are really humble family, business people. And they knew that it was going to happen at some point. They knew my talent. They knew how much I, I worked for. And when I done it, they they said, you done it. That's what you were working for. They, so they, they were not surprised. So they were not like, oh, OK, now we everyone knows that's more. Not really, because they knew how much I worked. And they knew that that moment would come. And I knew it as well.
3: It's a beautiful thing to listen to this kind of certainty. Um, I, I guess what I want to ask now a little bit is that when, when we've had guests on this, I don't know if you've been in England long enough to remember Kevin Kilbane playing for Blackburn and for Ireland and for Everton. And Kevin is now a commentator. And he told us about how when he was young and growing up in Lancashire, there were weekends when he didn't have food, they didn't have electricity, They used to take a 50 pence piece and wrap wire around it and put it into the meter to get electricity but then the wire would pull the 50 pence piece back out again because they didn't have enough money to pay for the electricity. When you talk about how tough things were for your parents, try and give people some understanding about what the struggle was like and, and also why it was like that because most of our audience haven't been to Buenos Aires or Argentina and therefore they can't compare.
1: Um, no, I'll explain. I'm from Alde Plata. It's, just, it's a lovely seaside um, city. But obviously, um, people that really know that we lived uh, in a house. Obviously, my mom and dad couldn't afford uh, to have uh, doors. So we live me, and my brother, the kitchen, my dad and my mom, in one room for four years until my dad can afford to extend and do a, a door and move to we have no toilet obviously we used to walk probably four or five kilometers to get a, a, a bus to go to the school also me and my brother used to walk since the age of four and six alone to the school because obviously my mom has to work in cleaning uh, apartments and my dad had to go and and it was a a, a truck transport obviously it was he was working for he was getting fish from the ships and transport into the fabric factory. I don't know how you say. And he was just a driver. He used to work 20 hours to, to to get obviously the money, the enough money. And it was, it was his own truck. And it's a story that obviously I, I left early the school because I couldn't. I was a bit sick. And and my dad picked me up from the school and took me to work. And it was raining. And my dad had a truck. It had a hole in the ceiling. And he was. It was pure in rain inside the truck, and it it was just a story that one some one day we used to have just white rice, and I remember it wasn't enough for everyone. So my mom and dad said, oh, we're not hungry, and and you can you and your brother can eat." And I I was I was old enough to understand what was going on, and my mom, when I when she read that I said, "Oh, how can you say that? How can you you may look like a." And I said, no, ma'am. this is, my brother said, this is a reality. People like to know stuff like that because I I didn't born in a golden uh, cup. And everything that, when I went to Buenos Aires, my dad, it was struggling to pay the petrol to come to see me. So I used to borrow money from my friends there in the hotel, asking for some money to get a bus to go to see them to Mother Plata. It was four hours away from Buenos Aires. And I'm proud. Oh how far I've become. Now I can buy them wherever. Uh, we go 50 trucks. My brother sells fish to different countries. Uh, we go uh, um, um, a construction company with my brother. Uh, he, my dad got free cars. And when I signed for Arsenal, because they, they were giving me a bonus, to, it was enough to buy my dad a car. And one of the reasons I wanted to sign because I was gonna get that signing fee to buy the car for my dad. Like he always wanted to work, you know. It's when I say yes, it wasn't because it was Arsenal, which is one of the biggest clubs in the world. It was because I was gonna give them a better life. And it's a, it's a lovely story, and that, that was that was the first question from you: where the tears come from? I can tell you much more, and I, it's, it's a long story, you know.